Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports. Entertainment. Little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Welcome to Unsportsmanlike Conduct with the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here to give you some of our thoughts on the Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Well, Adam, it's out. You wrote a ton about it today in the Review Journal. The schedule, the Raiders schedule 2022 is out. Um, Getting get kind of your overall, overall thoughts. Of it. The, the one thing that stood out to me and probably to you as well, are these last six games uh, seem kind of like a gauntlet uh, chargers. Um, they go to, they, they have the Patriots, they have the Steelers, they have San Francisco, they have Kansas city. Um, there's uh, the Rams. Um, what, what, what's when you first looked at it, what stood out to you? Cause the first thing I thought of were those last six games looked pr- pretty bad, a pretty brutal stretch, especially if they're fighting for a playoff spot. What is this, 1985, Ed? Like, you're talking about traditional powers. You're not talking about, you know, the Patriots are not the same. The 49ers are not the same. That's, that's, uh, that's old school. No, come on. Pittsburgh on a short week in the snow. Merry Christmas to you. With what, Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett in the snow. Are you kidding me? This is going to be a tough game for these guys. Uh, you can't play in the snow. He's got small hands. Uh, <laughs> well, he's going to be playing against a quarterback with small hands, so that'll be the battle of the small hand quarterbacks. Sure. No, look, I mean, I get what you're saying. For sure, it's not. It's that's not an easy stretch of the schedule. None of this, the schedule is easy. The Raiders have one of the most difficult schedules in the league. Uh, I know a lot of people look at strength of schedule as record from last year. Uh, I don't like that metric. I like more the win total, the projected win totals for this year upcoming, uh, which shows you like kind of the relative strength of how teams are supposed to be. And uh, in that metric, the Raiders have one of the top three hardest schedules. I mean, it's going to happen anyway. It's, it's, you know, the results of playing in this division, which is obviously incredible. That's six year games right there and right off the top are all difficult. Um, and then we already knew uh, that the Raiders were going to play, you know, the NFC West, which is, a, you know, another one of the best divisions, maybe the second best division uh, in all football. So the entire AFC West is going to have tough schedules. Um, and then obviously they didn't get any favors uh, with, you know, any of the crossover games or the, the games that are based on your uh, standing or anything like that. So um, we knew all that and we knew how hard the schedule was going to be just because the teams that were on it, we've known the teams are going to be on it for months. Uh, so I think you look at how it kind of is constructed. Uh, it's not necessarily, you know, terrible, not great either. There's not a, a whole lot of short weeks necessarily. And, um, their bye week is early. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of that. There's a couple of back-to-back road games. There's not back-to-back home games. It's all the way in January. Like some of those notes are certainly, um, you know, a bit eyebrow raising and you say, well, that's difficult, but listen, you knew what the schedule was going to be. And uh, that was, that was how it was always going to be. Those are the teams that are always going to be on it. So uh, you just kind of look at things like, like that at primetime games and, and, and those sorts of things. That's what you got to look for in the schedule. And um, you know, obviously it, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be tough to navigate. It's going to be tough to get through. There's no real resting spots. I mean, obviously the game at Jacksonville, the game at home against Houston, those are the two games you look at a paper and say, those are the ones you absolutely have to win. Um, because you know, those are the two quote unquote easiest games on the schedule. Um, and that's really, you know, your only two spots. And of course, Houston comes right after a bye, which I'm 
I'm sure they would have rather had the you know the Houston game at another time, uh, maybe have, have a tougher game after the bye. But it is what it is, and you know I, I don't think anybody's going to complain about it. They're just going to put their head down and try to navigate it, just like everybody else in the division is going to have to. Yeah, um, three of the first five interesting AFC West uh, games. Um, the importance, what I mean, you can't go on three there and 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 really uh, uh, think long term about uh, competing in the division. Maybe I think if you get out of there two and one, one and even one and two, but talk about that. They, they, they're going to be put to the test and probably the toughest division in football, like right away. Well, yeah, that's the, the beginning of the schedule is what stood out to me much more than the end of the schedule, because you know, like I mentioned, the, the names at the end of the schedule are tough, but the teams aren't necessarily as good as they have been in the past. The early part of the schedule, man, you talk about those three division games in the first five weeks before you're by. And then the other two games are at Tennessee, which Listen, they might be a little bit down, but they still have Derrick Henry. They still have, uh, you know, a fairly good defense. Uh, they're going to be able to be able to get after the quarterback. You would think maybe. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's not that's not a great spot uh, to have that game, and then also the the Arizona game at home, which another team that is pretty good. Although you get them in the early part of the schedule without DeAndre Hopkins, so uh, that might be a little bit beneficial. Um, but yeah, the the, t- the first part of the schedule is what I look at and say, man, that's that's really really difficult. Before that bye week, uh, what are you going to be after those five games? And I think if you're if you're two and three, I don't think anybody's doing jumping jacks. But I think you're at least like, okay, you navigated that part of the schedule. You're still in the thick of the race. Let's see what you can do from there. Get that bye week, and then get that you would expect to win at home against Houston, and then move on uh, to the second half of the year. I think that's what you're going to be kind of looking at. If you're three and two or four and one after those five weeks, I mean, everybody I think is, uh, is, you know, celebrating and maybe too soon to pop the champagne, but I think everybody's very, very excited after that. But I think you just want to kind of navigate through there two and three at worst and, uh, and see where you stand after that. Did you go through it and come up with a record? No, I think it's too early for that. I mean, you know, that's what you do. Uh, listen, I'm sure you do the same thing when you're a kid and you're, you know, you're playing on your teams and they, they hand you that schedule at like the first practice or whatever it is. And you come home and you, you post it on the refrigerator and you, you go, all right, I know this team. I know this team. Let's win. Yeah. That's a loss. Yeah. Like, I think that's what you do. Um, and and I, I don't know that NFL players do that necessarily, but I think you do it in your mind as you're kind of going through. Um but yeah, I mean, listen, their win totals eight and a half. That's the, that's what the sports books say. Are they over or under that? That's what you can bet on. Um, I know a lot of people believe that they're better than that. Uh, but the schedule says that it's going to be very tough to get there. They're only favored in six games this year. They're underdogs in 10. There's one that's a pick them spot. Uh, so, you know, that's pretty difficult. Although a lot of those games are between one and two point spreads, which are essentially toss ups. So there's a ton of toss up games. The schedule can go either way. And I think a lot of it's going to do with how healthy they can stay, how quickly they grasp uh, the new systems, and um, how quickly some of the new players acclimate to the organization and everything else. But, you know, this is anywhere from a, I would say, six to what, 11 win team? Really? Can you, you can get to 11. I thought I was going to thought you were going to say something like 10. As the as the as the uh, watershed high mark. Listen, they won ten last year with everything going wrong off the field, right? I mean, they found a way. I I think it would be ridiculously good 
if they won 11, but I think that's probably the ceiling. Uh, you know, I think it's potentially possible. And, and, and I think everything would have to go pretty bad for them to win only six. But I think that's kind of the range where you look at it and say that's where they could be. We got four primetime games, if I'm not mistaken, right? Monday night, you got uh, the Rams on a Thursday. You got Sunday night against the um, against the uh, Patriots. Patriots. And then uh, December 24th, which I believe is a Saturday, uh, 5.15 on NFL Network against the Steelers. So they definitely gave them uh, their collection of prime times. I mean, it is a new coaching staff. You got the whole Patriot angle in there. Um, what do you think about that? Was that, you know, that that's a fair number to get prime time? They got four of them? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it depends. Some people don't count that Saturday game. I do. I, I think that's a prime time spot. Uh, especially because it is a five o'clock game on a Saturday. Um, I actually didn't know. It's, it's funny because I was writing a, a bunch of schedule stuff, and I didn't know that they had uh, a firm cap on postseason, or excuse me, on primetime games, which is five. Teams can't have more than five uh, in a season. I had no idea about that. Yeah, and so there's a bunch of teams that got the maximum five. Uh, the Raiders, as we say, get four. Uh, so they're right, they're almost close to the cap. I think the other teams in the division all got five, uh, which is the limit. Um, but of course that is done, you know, just to, to you know, get into that it's done. Uh, so they, you know, a lot of teams you say, Hey, they're on prime time every single week. And you know, that's the joke that's made about certain teams, the Patriots, the Cowboys that come to mind. Uh, but obviously the networks, uh, that, that purchase Sunday games, um, want those teams as well. And so, you know, through their packages with, you know, ESPN with Monday night football, NBC with Sunday night football, now Amazon, with Thursday, all these other packages that are purchased, um, the most that they can have is five in those primetime spots. And uh, so that, you know, Fox and CBS can get their fill of those teams on Sunday as well. So uh, five is the max and the Raiders are close to that. They got four. That's pretty good. Now the Lions got zero. Uh, that's that's unfortunate for the Lions for sure. Not Not unfortunate for the writers on deadline. I'll tell you that. That is true. Uh, That's a nice little park there, but yeah, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, th- I think the Raiders are a team that want, you know, people want to see and the division is a division that people want to see. There's no question about it. It's going to get a lot of attention this year. I uh, wanted to talk to you about um, uh, some uh, on the field and off the field uh, situations uh, roster wise before we came on here just a little while ago, Raiders traded third year wide receiver, Brian Edwards to the Falcons. I think they get a fifth back. Um Edwards, uh, you remember, is a third-round pick out of Carolina and South Carolina in 2020, 45 catches, 764, and four touchdowns in his career. Let me ask you something, because when they got this guy, he was going to be the goal-line stand guy, the tall, you know, rangy wide receiver in the red zone. We know the red zone troubles the last several years. Why do you think it didn't work out for Brian Edwards? Wait, do you remember the quote of what he looked like in preseason last year? Uh, the combination of Terrell Owens and, and Randy Moss, I believe it was. It was Randy Moss. It was Randy yeah. Moss. Yeah. Well. It was a, he was a combination of, I think maybe what they meant by that is he's going to play for a lot of teams. Yeah, exactly. Like those guys did. Uh, well, but listen, I mean, in all seriousness, I actually really like Brian Edwards as a player. I think he's, he's very talented. I also think he's a good kid. Um, I, I, I want nothing, uh, but the best for no, him. I mean, you I, want I, nothing but best for him. He said he was, he, and the, in the few times that he talked to us, I thought he was a great kid and it just didn't work out for him. I mean, you know, I, I just wonder, and it's not all his fault, obviously, because a lot of things go into it. Um, you know, what you heard about the red zone a lot with him and they've had their red zone problems. So I, I don't know what Josh McDaniels, I don't know what they thought of him. Obviously we now know what they thought of him when he came in, they've added some receivers. Um, but maybe they just didn't think in this scheme that he was a guy that they wanted. 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's clearly true. Um, and obviously, they have a lot of pass catchers here. They brought in some more guys that are uh, more familiar with, with them and the system. They just, um, you know, even added Keelan Cole, uh, yeah. you know, this week, who I think is a really talented player. Um, for whatever reason, you know, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, their staff looked and said, hey, he doesn't fit what we want to do. Um, and this happens a lot when new coaches and GMs come in. It's, it's, you know, you don't have that connection. Like when, when you are a general manager and a coach and you draft a player, you obviously want them to succeed because you want to do well and because you like that. I mean, you have a connection with them, but also it makes you look better when those guys do well. Right. I mean, if, if you draft a player and he succeeds and you can kind of pat yourself on the back and say, Hey, good job by us. But when you've, you know, when you have a new regime that comes in, and they look around, they don't have that same connection. They don't care. They don't have that draft capital that was built up. So I think they looked around. He didn't necessarily fit what they wanted to do. Um, didn't fit in with, you know, the kind of player they wanted, which I, I think is a bit surprising. I think, I think he has all the tools, but for whatever reason, they, they went in another direction with some different guys and the, that they uh, kind of stockpiled uh, in terms of pass catchers. And they were able to, to move on from Brian Edwards. And I think he'll have a much better chance to succeed in a new offense. He'll join Marcus Mariota, by the way, who we've caught passes from in practice the last couple of years. So uh, I think that's interesting uh, that they'll be able to get him, but you know, for whatever reason, just didn't fit. But I, I do think the thing that you really look at right away when you hear this trade is not necessarily Brian Edwards and what he's going to be in Atlanta and what they got for him, which is very little. Obviously you look at that 2020 draft class and my goodness, it was a disaster. It was a complete in, in, disaster. In all yeah. yep. in all shapes and forms. I mean, yep. you 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 know, again, I think there's a massive asterisk when you look at Henry Ruggs and and what happened there and, and that he, And Damon Arnett. Sure, but I think Damon Arnett is a different case, right? Where Henry Ruggs I I think was on the right track to be successful. Um, I think he was going to have a you know fairly good career and it's just a very tragic, horrible uh, circumstance, you know, that he did himself, obviously, but um, just a terrible thing that happened in a, in a tragedy for the community. The rest of, I mean, David Arnett was a guy that you know a lot of people had those questions about anyway, right? I mean, he's a guy that you looked at and said, "Well, you know, what, you know, there there was problems in his past that maybe you could have you could have." you know, looked at the same with Lynn Bowden, who never even made it into the season before he yeah. they traded him and moved on. And, you know, they thought that he was a, he was a bad influence on some guys already in training camp before they even started. So, um, man, that, that entire draft class was just a mess. Tanner Muse. Yeah. That kid was going to be the special teams monster. He never played in a regular season game. Uh, special teams war daddy is the, quote. Yeah, the, he's the war daddy. Okay. He's a yeah. war daddy. Uh, yeah. Then I mean, obviously you still have John Simpson around who's been okay. He's been obviously another really good kid who uh, you hope still can, can succeed. And I mean, Robertson is still around, but man, that, that class was just top to bottom. One of the worst you're going to see. Locals know the STN sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient signup locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN sports app today. Last thing, um, who are you, you know, June 2nd is going to come. We know that uh, they're going to, they're going to be able to uh, um, clear some money. Uh, what, what do you want them mostly to look at when they clear that money? I mean, defense, obviously um, there's a couple of spots defensively. I still think they need some kind of depth 
in in the pass rush, I don't think that's the highest priority. But I think if you're looking around, I could find some some bodies that would be beneficial. Uh, but clearly, linebacker and corner are are places that you need to look more so than the offensive line. Yeah, and listen, the offensive line is still it's still an issue for sure, and I think you still have to look there if you can find guys. But it, it's you know, you look at what they did last year on the offensive line and it was kind of a mess. It was a work in progress. They were constructing it as they went and they, it didn't hamper them. Right. I mean, they, it wasn't good and there's a lot more they could have probably done offensively with a better offensive line, but they still were able to, to overcome it. And now you've built up all the skill position guys around them. You've got all these, all this weapons, you know, in the, in the backfield and the receiving core, including Devontae Adams and, the tight ends that you have and, and Derek Carr and, and all those, all those pieces. And I, listen, of course you want to, you want to be really good at every position, but they've invested so much in the offense. Yeah. If you can find, if you can find some more pieces to plug in on that offensive line, then sure. That's great. Um, but I mean, you've invested so much in the offense. You have to invest a little bit more in the defense, especially in this division with so much offense everywhere else. I think linebacker is a place you need. Defensive backs uh, are definitely places you need to build as well, um, and then you you certainly can look at the offensive line and where you can plug in there. There's there's definitely plenty of areas that you can improve, but I think the you know the positive for the Raiders right now is there's no glaring spot where you absolutely like you're not going into camp not knowing who's starting at a certain position. There's some battles, but there's no there's no spot where you're like oh there's nobody that can start there. Um, it, you know, in some cases there's, there's battles and you're not sure who's going to start, but at least you have some, some options, uh, you know, going into the draft last season, there was a couple positions, you know, right tackle for one, um, right. and, and safety for another, where you didn't even have anybody that was a viable starter. So you don't have anything like that, uh, but you definitely need some depth. You didn't end up with a viable starter either, right tackle. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Um, you never know. You never know. I want to ask you, we got a, we got a tweet here this week that I, this, this is you to an absolute T. Um, the tweet oh, was, hold on, wait, before you go on to that, um, I should also point out when you ask about offensive line, because man, people reacted very wrongly to the, what I was trying to say with this tweet last week. Um, I talked to Richie Incognito in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, he was at the UFC event. Yeah. Um, so is, uh, Andre James, by the way, and Colton Miller and, uh, Rodney Hudson, former Raider. And I uh, was sitting over by Kyler Murray and, uh, Zach Ertz and, okay. uh, Hollywood Brown and not the Andre Hopkins. That was interesting. I thought, um, but I, I really quickly, I talked to Richie incognito, um, and just a little backstory on that. Um, I, I used to talk to Richie a lot in the locker room and I, I'm convinced and I will, I will say this for the people to give them a little insight in, you know, what the locker rooms look like, you know, the players have kind of required time that they have to be in the locker room. Right. Right. And, and often it's 45 minutes. It's open and you have to be in there and you have to talk to well, the media. It's open again. Now pre during COVID, we didn't get that chance. Right. But, you know, back up in Oakland before they moved down here and I was, when I was going out for practice every day, um, Oh man, those three round trips a week. That was a good, that was a good year. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, but you know, I would I would often kind of be summoned by Richie. Like he would kind of call me over. And, and? I'm ninety-nine percent sure that it's because he found out that I used to cover UFC. He likes UFC. And uh. he could kind of he could kind of run out the clock on his time. Okay. Okay. So it's like, hey, I gotta talk for 45 minutes. I'll, I'll just talk to this guy about UFC for a half hour. 
And then, you know, I don't have to talk to everybody else. And he was very cordial. Very Like I loved talking to Richie Incognito, even though I had, I had prior thoughts about him, obviously, like a lot of people do. Right. Um, right. Was always very cool with me. I always really got along with him and loved talking about UFC and listen to when there's football topics to talk about, he would talk about it as well, both on and off the record. So I, I really love talking to him. So anyway, that just sets up that I was down in Arizona. I saw Richie. Um, and I just said, Hey man, what's up? And he, you know, he was really cool. He's like, Hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a bit. And I was like, yeah, how you feeling? And he said, good, good. And I said, are you, are you fully healthy? And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm good. So I asked him if he's planning on playing this year and he started to answer and then he stopped and he smiled and he just goes, stay tuned. And so I, I just tweeted out exactly that. I said, you know, he said, if he's playing, stay tuned and Raiders fans are like, we don't want him. Why would you even ask him that? We don't care. Sure, sure. First, first of all, I think he would be beneficial uh, to have around, uh, even, even even as kind of a mentor, because I think he's done that. I think, he, I think he'd help a lot if, in fact, he's 100% healthy. But I also want to be clear. I wasn't asking him if he's playing for the Raiders. Yeah, you're just asking him you're going to play this year somewhere. Yeah. Are you going to play football this year? That was, That's what I was asking him. And I, if, listen, if I had to guess, my sense is that he does want to play. Oh, I'm sure he does. I don't think he wants the career to be over at this point. I mean, he probably thinks he has a few good years left in him. I don't know about a few. Well, I mean, maybe I mean, one or two. Mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so th- I just wanted to clear that up. And that I know a lot of people that listen to the podcast also were re- responding to that. But yeah, I was not specifically asking if he's playing for the Raiders. I was just asking if he wants to play football. And my uh, my sense is that, yes, he does. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. He said, stay tuned. So we'll watch uh, for any tweets on that. Uh, before we go now, I do want to get this tweet because I thought this was you in a nutshell. Uh, got a tweet this week. Do you ever have a weird social interaction at a grocery store and think about it for three days? Yeah, me neither with a few emojis. You, I see, I don't like people. I think you like people, but you don't really like to interact with people. And when you do, you become very, I don't know if it's nervous or or um, uh, anxious, um, but I thought this I thought this tweet was exactly you to where when you you tweet it back, basically every time I leave the house, it's what half our radio show and podcast is based on. Um, yeah. You is this why you kind of go to the same places, the same Starbucks, so you don't have to be bugged or you don't have to talk to people? No, I mean yes and no. I, I you know I do get comfortable. Yes, I have really really bad anxiety for sure. Um, and, and it's more comfortable for me to be in places that I'm, I'm familiar with. Uh, so yeah, that that's part of it, but, oh man, I, I don't even know. I can't even get it. I had a really, really bad, a uh, really bad interaction at Starbucks last week. Um, um that was you like, got, you got to tell us. I, oh man, it, it's one of the, somebody, there was a college student. So there's only there's only two people in the Starbucks, right? You and the person. Well, and then the workers too. Right, right, right. But yeah, me and the me and the person, and it's a college student, and you know we're both just there working for like an hour. Like nobody said there's no you know every once in a while a customer comes in and leaves or whatever. We're the only two people working, and then at some point, uh, she starts doing an interview on Zoom, and it's pretty clear she's like you know, she's doing an interview with somebody in the sports world and it's loud. Like it's on loud. And, you know, she doesn't have headphones on. It's, it's kind of like going on. And I, and then I figure out it's somebody we know very, very well that she's interviewing uh, nationally or locally, locally. 
Like it's a, friend, it's a friend of ours that she's interviewing. Oh, okay. All right. And she, she's doing the interview with that person. Yeah. And so I just like walked over and I was like, I'm going to pop into this interview. Oh like, no. I'm, I'm just going to pop my head in and be like, Hey, what's up? And as I walk over, obviously like in, in retrospect, I know that I, this is my fault. A hundred There's nothing that's not my fault. Yeah, here. Of course fault. you're in, you're interfering, you're interfering with this woman's work. Absolutely. So I walk over and I like, I, I go to like pop my head into like behind to like say hi. Cause the person would have immediately said, Oh, Hey, Adam, what's up? How you doing? Right. And, and so I was like waiting for that, but she obviously freaked out as she most certainly should. And like pulled her computer, like to the side where, I, where like I couldn't be seen and was like, what, what are you doing? Uh, I agree. Embarrassing. I, oh listen, my I, goodness. I agree. I'm not, I'm not disputing this in, in the moment. I obviously just thought, okay, the person is going to see me say, what's up. It's going to be a funny moment. And we'll move on. Not thinking of like, this person has no idea who I am and why I'm walking into their interview. Yeah, oh my God. So a hundred percent, my fault. It got worse because, the, <laughs> because she obviously thought I was, there was something very wrong with me, which there is of, cl- of yeah, course. Normal and people she don't starts, do like, that. She starts like packing up her stuff and trying to like protect it. Like I'm going to steal her stuff. Well, which that was clearly not what I was going to do. And then, and then as soon as it's over, I walk over. I was like, Hey, look, I don't know what that was. I'm so sorry. Like, I was just trying to be funny with the person you're interviewing. I know him. And she was like, yeah, that's weird. And I was like, I agree. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I'll, you know, I'll move on. And like, I'll, I'll leave. And she was, she was like, yeah, okay. And like totally panicked. And she's packing up her stuff to leave. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I just went and sat down at my spot. And I was like, yeah, I'm a jerk. What was I doing? And then it got worse because she comes over and she goes, oh my God, now I have to apologize. And I'm like, why? And she's like, you're Adam Hill. I'm a big fan. And I was like, oh no. Did <laughs> 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 this woman work for a media outlet? She's aspiring. Oh, she's an aspiring uh, journalist. Yes. Well, I hope you set her straight on that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is not good. It was it was a terrible moment. But like those are I, I say because those are the kind of interactions where I'm like, I have no concept of like, you know, I was like, oh, this will be funny. And not thinking yeah, no, of like you're socially right. uncouth. Completely. And again, one million percent my fault and i apologize profusely and you know that was the thing but like my interactions mostly like that one was just me trying to be funny or silly or whatever my my interactions mostly are because i have like for two things one i don't think anybody would ever care to talk to me ever like like ever and so when people are like, oh hey how you doing and i'll just be like uh why are you asking me that oh no Oh no! <laughs> like those kind of things, and I don't mean people recognizing me. I just mean like a normal, like, "Hey, how's your day?" And I'm like, "Please like don't." An, like, well, and I that that that's okay though. That goes back to me as well. I I don't like people, and I certainly don't want them talking to me for no reason. That's very strange. It's different. I don't dislike people. Like I enjoy people, but like it's almost like I would say to somebody, 
that I don't know. Just like you know, somebody say like uh, I was talking about Starbucks. So like the 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 barista. Hey, how how are you doing? How's your day? Genuinely, that's cool. And just expect the uh, I'm good. You know, how are you or whatever? And then they're how are you? And I'm like, uh, why why are you asking me that? Like, do you really <laughs> want to know how I'm doing? Like, uh, uh, this is weird. And then I'll start like analyzing. Like, wait, did I look like I didn't have a good time, or was I not happy, or why were they asking me why or how my day is, or like. I mean, I analyze every single word that's said and like freak out about everything. And, you know, I am a huge fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I think maybe it's because it's it's me. Like, I'm always in these weird settings, these weird situations, and I don't know how they develop and I don't know how I'm involved in them. And a lot of it is like you try to help a situation. You know, if somebody's arguing with somebody at a store and you're just trying to calm something down, like, why are you getting involved? Right, right. I don't want to be involved, but I'm like, I just don't want people to have a bad time. But it's just, I don't know. You're the person with a lot of really close friends that you uh, are loyal to and love your friends, but you don't want anyone outside that group. It's like you don't want want to really, you have problems interacting with anyone that you don't really consider a close friend because you have really close friends. Yeah, I think think on a a broader basis, uh, you get a little anxious with people you don't know as well. Oh, very anxious. But it's again, it's it's complete insecurity of like, you know, as you said, like I do have a lot of friends and I socialize a lot. But if somebody knew just was like, you know, hey, how's your day? It'll panic me and freak me out. And like I said, I'll I'll think like, well, clearly I'm look like I don't have I'm not having a good day because why else would they ask me that? Or why do why would they care? Or why would they want to know that? And like in the end, like somebody's just saying something something to be polite. Yeah, yeah, but they're like, just trying to be nice. I can't, I can't accept that. I'm like, I, I spend an hour or two hours analyzing why they asked me that question, and it's like, it, it just runs your whole life. That's and that's anxiety. I know that's that's what it is. I know how to recognize it, but I can't stop it. It's never going to end. Well, that's a close look into the weird and bizarre <laughs> life of Adam Hill. No, if nobody wants him, to know more. If you see him in a Starbucks, <laughs> just don't be doing your work on a laptop because he might walk up behind you and try to. Oh be funny or wear um, headphones or wear headphones so we don't know so would i know the person she was interviewing 100 percent, a million percent oh well we'll have to talk about that off the air for now that's going to do it for our latest edition of unsportsmanlike conduct of the vegas nation sponsored by station casinos sdn sports and presented by the las vegas review journal blue wire remember now there are new episodes of vegas nation monday wednesday and friday subscribe to vegas nation on apple Podcasts, spotify or any podcasting app find all that coverage and more at vegasnation.com for our intrepid producer larry Mir and my co-host the anxious adam hill i'm ed graney we'll talk to you next week Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.